0: be seated. Let's go ahead and call the matter we have specially set.
1: Yes, Your Honor. Calling line item number one for the Roman Catholic Bishop of Oakland, case number 23-40523, and I'm moving the parties in the Zoom over now, Your Honor.
0: Okay, why don't we start with the appearances in the courtroom.
2: Good afternoon, Your Honor. My name is Anne-Marie Uetz, U-E-T-Z. I'm with the law firm Foley & Lardner. On counsel for the debtor, um, we have with me my client representative, Paul Bongiovanni, as well as our financial advisor, Chuck Moore, Charles Moore of Alvarez and Marcel. Um, I received my pro hac admission this morning. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much.
0: Welcome to the Northern District.
2: Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. I'll allow my partner to introduce himself. Okay. Thank you.
0: Sure.
3: Good afternoon, Your Honor. Uh, Matt Lee of the law firm of Foley & Lardner. I uh, also want to thank you for the prompt entry of my ProHoc meeting. Yeah, you uh, bet. Um, and I'm a, a partner in the Madison office of Foley & Lardner. Okay. The debtor.
0: Okay. Anybody else in the courtroom expect to make an appearance today? Okay, uh, let's do the Zoom, folks. Good afternoon, Your Honor. Jason Blumberg for the United States Trustee. Okay, good afternoon. Anybody else?
1: And, Your Honor, the parties are being moved over. Apologies for the delay. Okay. for the parties with the hand raised, if you can please accept my invite to be moved over as panelists.
0: What we gain in inclusivity with Zoom, we lose some crispness. (laughs) It takes a little while sometimes for people to move over and Announce themselves.
1: Uh, Your honor, that's, that's, that's the only appearance on Zoom.
0: Okay. Um, let me take a minute. Uh, there are quite a few people on Zoom, and I want to go over a couple of ground <laughs> rules and talk a bit about a first state hearing, because there may be several people who are observing this um, who don't regularly appear in this court and don't know what a first-day motion series of hearings is. So let me begin with some uh, very simple uh, notions about how we're going to conduct hearings. As you can tell, and this is partly a relic of all the COVID-19 experiences we've had, where there used to be a lectern, there's now one screen and actually now another one, So I don't ask people to come up to anything that looks like a lectern anymore. And to further, shall we say, accommodate a notion of comfort and a little less formality, I no longer ask people to stand up when they talk to me. So thank you for the courtesy of doing that when you did. I appreciate it. But until we get even closer to normal and we get you know back to what I used to experience, which is people coming to the lectern and talking to me, and I expect you not to interrupt each other, obviously. But you don't need to stand up when you when you address me. Okay, number one. Number two, let's talk a little bit about what today is about, in case there are people on the Zoom who are curious but really have not been experienced in bankruptcy matters. Um, this is what we call a first day hearing and there are usually two purposes to this. One purpose is for the debtor to come in and typically grab the lectern, whether it's real or virtual, and tell me about the case. What's the case about? Why are we here? What's the debtor's business? What led to this? If they have a sense of what the big issues are in the case, what the big problems are, and how we should start thinking about it, this is the debtor's chance to tell me that, and there will be an opportunity for that today, but more functionally this is the time when the debtor comes in on extremely short notice and asks the court for emergency relief with respect to some matters that the debtor will tell me um, need to be addressed at the outset of the case on on an immediate basis. As the day progresses, you'll see that that's a matter of relative importance. There are some things that clearly need to happen on a first day. There are some things that arguably don't. And part of the discussion today is how do we get ourselves organized to think about what truly needs to happen today and what might happen in a day or two or a little bit longer as people have a chance to talk about the case and the major constituencies become more involved in the case and we get a better sense of what the case is about and what the real exigencies are. And that's a process that some of it may be resolved today, some of it may be resolved in two weeks, some of it may be the result of longer conversations. We'll just see. So we'll we'll address all that as we go. So with that, I have a couple of practical questions at the outset. Number one, um, can anybody tell me where we are with the formation of a committee mr blumberg do you know that
1: your honor jason blumberg for the united states trustee Uh, the solicitation notices went out yesterday our website has a copy of those solicitations We're hoping for responses by May 17th, and our hope is to appoint a committee as soon as possible after that. It may take a few days because we'll have to talk to the members or the interested parties, but our hope is to do it as quickly as possible.
0: All right, so I take it that um, with that there was nothing informal, Ray, a committee prior to the commencement of the case, and the debtor may know that better than anybody. You were not dealing with an informal committee. All right. Um, I I will note that my immediate read of the paper suggests that the top 20 are all folks who would have tort claims. Um, So I don't know who the commercial vendor creditors are beyond that. We'll find that out. Um, May I ask the U.S. trustee, if you're not able to tell me, it's okay. But as you solicit folks, do you expect this is a mix of some tort claimants and some commercial creditors, or do you know yet?
1: Your Honor, Jason Blumberg for the United States Trustee. As the court pointed out, the top 20 list appears to be all tort claimants. Right. Initial solicitation, at least the targeted solicitation, will be towards tort claimants, but we did post the solicitation materials on the website. We have not received as far as I know any responses. I don't know yet.
0: Okay. All right. So we are at least a week away from a committee or maybe a little bit longer?
1: I, your, I think it's a little longer because the deadline is May 17th. We'll want to talk to the people that are interested. Mm-hmm. In the United States trustee will need to make a decision. But okay. our hope would be as shortly after that as possible.
0: All right. Well, then, let me let me turn to my second question. Les, do you want to say something?
2: I, I think I could offer something to the court, Your sure. Honor, and mm-hmm. frankly, to Mr. Bloomberg and Marie Utes for the debtor. Um, in compiling the top 20, they are all tort claimants, Your Honor, yep. and we did note on the top 20 list that our estimation for purposes of the top 20 is that they are, are all in excess of any non-tort commercial <clears throat> trade-type creditor. We really don't have mm-hmm. much of those to speak of at all.
0: Yeah, and you do have one secured creditor, right? We do have one secured creditor. Which is creditor. an affiliate, Yes. for lack of a better word. You may not like... The affiliate may not be exactly the word that one would use in ecclesiastical circles, but for yes. our purposes, it works, right?
2: I, I nodded right away, Your Honor. A oh, big pardon. <laughs> I nodded right away. All right.
0: Okay. Got it. All right. And that's the only secure creditor. Correct. All right. So there ain't a lot of bank debt here, right? Nope. Looks like, okay. All right. Okay. Um, then let me go to my next question. I, I did receive, and I was grateful for the U.S. trustee's thoughts on the motions today. So let me begin with either of you addressing whether before or after that filing you have decided it would be good to table any of the motions that you have nominally on today for further discussion.
2: Your Honor, we have had discussions with um, Mr. Bloomberg. My partner, Matt Lee, is taking the lead on the first day motions after I provide introductory remarks to the court, if it pleases the court. Um, I believe that we have resolved... A number of issues Um, we may stand down on a couple of issues pending the final hearing Mm -hmm. Um, I don't believe that any of the motions are wholesale being withdrawn um, as a result of those discussions but we have substantial progress before the hearing and in candor to the court we've been speaking with the United States trustees since last Thursday and they've been very cooperative in, in working with us and communicating with us
0: okay good all right. Um, well let me ask let me let me turn the question slightly and ask Mr Blumberg whether I, I read your objection but I don't take it as the last word. You may have other thoughts. So is there are there any of the motions on for today that you would suggest to me in whole should be deferred for some period of time? Your Honor Jason
1: Blumberg for the United States Trustee. I don't think I would suggest that, Your Honor. Okay. Uh, the motion that concerns me the most in terms of whether it needs to be granted today would be the ceiling motion. Uh, that's something I think a committee could weigh in on, but that's my preliminary thought, Your
0: Honor. Okay. Um, is there anything else beyond what you put in the objection that you want to suggest um particularly should wait for a committee. I mean I've got I mean I've got your sense of that from, from what you filed. But any other thoughts along those lines?
1: Your Honor, Jason Blumberg for the United States Trustee. With respect to the motions that we did not lodge an objection to, we do oppose interim allowance on the terms set forth in the motions themselves. So I guess the answer to that is we don't think those motions need to be deferred.
0: Okay. Well, let me let me um, let me sharpen the question a little bit. Okay. Um, part of what I think you're reacting to is something I reacted to, although I'm going to formulate it slightly differently. Um, there are a number of motions that. You know, beyond the typical, let's pay the employees under 50704 and a, A4 and A5, that request that the court bless the payment of a prepetition amount owed. And in fact, if we counted correctly, there are some 22 of those across the motions. Um, we're new to each other. So let me give you a couple of thoughts, okay? One thing I say regularly in court and out of court is I can't tell you what I will do because every motion is different. I can't tell you, and I should tell you, how I do think. Those are two very different questions, and I certainly I want to be the worst poker player in the world for the most part. I want you folks always to know what's on my mind, what my thought process is, What's bothering me? What's my order of, of approach as I think about a series of questions? And um, this is not a ruling. It's an observation. It's unusual, to say the least, to have 22 separate requests to pay prepetition amounts. Now, that's not saying I am or am not going to do anything, but it, it struck me. And... I'll come back to that in a minute when we get closer to the debtor's description of what's, what the case is about. But I want you to know that. Um, it may be that you thoroughly expect that this is largely a matter for discussion between yourselves and, and the committee on many of these. And so there's no real expectation that I'm going to grant most of these today. If that's your belief, that makes more sense to me than a belief that I was going to grant all these today. Okay? So let me leave it at that for now until I come back thematically more toward the end of the hearing. Um, but that was, uh shall we say, striking. Okay, gang? Okay. All right. Um, some of these, I suspect, I would rather... Deal with a couple of these that I think are probably a little bit more uh, DIRIGER, and and just get those done And then talk about whether we should next move on to your presentation about the case So you can give me the background you think I need to to begin to approach some of the others if you would prefer that I'll leave it to you so it's you can or whoever's gonna be talking today.
2: I think what your honor outlined is, is perfect.
0: Okay. Fine. Then I, I mean, I would start with the claims agent. Is that okay? Anybody here on behalf of the claims agent? No? Okay. All right, I did not see that the U.S. trustee had any concerns about the claims agent uh, application motion. If you did, tell me or tell me now.
1: Excuse me, Jason Blumberg. We, we, we do not oppose the application.
0: Okay. And no aspect thereof?
1: That's correct, Your Honor.
0: All right. Am I seeing somebody there for Kurtzman Carlson? Yes. Good, good afternoon, Your Honor. This is Rob Jordan from KCC. Okay. All right. I read your declaration. Thank you. I, I take it you take as seriously as I do the need to be uh, thoroughly open and careful and comprehensive in all your disclosures and the need to um, apprise the court immediately if there are any issues that would cause any concern on a, on a conflict or, or similar basis, right? Absolutely. All right. Um, okay. I did not have anything in particular um, strike me as inappropriate about the, the claims agent motion. And I realize that there, th- this may be followed by something in a slightly different ilk, right? Is there possibly another role for Kurtzman coming up here?
3: Um, Matt Lee for the debtor. That's correct, Your yeah, Honor. Yeah, if, okay. If, if um, their retention needs to go beyond what's in 156C uh huh, um, into the 327 realm, then right. there will be a separate application. Then we're talking
0: about, I mean, people call that administrative assistance or things of that ilk, so. Th- th-
3: that's correct, Your yeah. Honor. It includes balloting and things like that. Okay,
0: that's fine. Okay. All right, then I will approve the the Kirsten Carlson application, okay? Okay. Um, the next one that I thought probably didn't have a whole lot of opposition was the um, utility providers. Okay. Um, let me just ask, let me just get the U.S. Trustee's thoughts there. Any thoughts on the utility provider's motion? The adequate assurance Governor
1: motion? Jason Blummer for the United States Trustee, we reviewed the motion and have no objection
0: to interim allowance. Okay. I mean, it's a fairly nominal amount. And the utilities may comment on the fact that it's a fairly nominal amount, which is the conversation we sometimes have two weeks into the case. And that's the idea, right? That this is this is interim and if they have a different thought, they'll come and tell me they have a different thought.
3: That's correct, Your Honor. Okay. And then the procedures that yeah. we've proposed are standard. In fact I think we borrowed them from the PG and E case. Um, and so it's you know, it it shouldn't be any surprise to them and if there's an issue they can it can be addressed on a on a final basis.
0: I, I probably shouldn't tell you this, but I will, because I think the judge has to be self-deprecating every now and then. I was involved in what we used to call PG&E-1 back in 2001, and I had responsibility for a lot of first-day motions. You'll never guess the one I didn't think of until the very last second. Utilities. Draw. Exactly. <laughs> it, was, it was a great irony, and not lost on anybody, that, that the one thing I had sort of put to the end that I had almost forgotten was the utility motion for utility. Um, so let me ask for the record whether there's anybody here or on the Zoom who wants to oppose or object to the interim uh, grant with respect to the uh, adequate assurance for utility providers' motions. Okay, that's approved. Are we are we anticipating a comeback in about two weeks? Did you have something else in mind
3: on utilities specific? Well, just
0: generally. I mean, if we're if we're talking about interim and final, are you talking about two weeks, or are you talking about something else?
3: Probably after a committee gets appointed, we've had a chance to discuss some of the some of the relief requested with them. Okay, which I'm sure they'll have an opinion on.
0: Well, why don't we nominally say two weeks now, which we can move. Okay, we can well, depending on how things develop, if we're going to be talking about giving you guys you know two days a month or whatever it's going to be for now we can say uh, the 24th and we'll, just, we'll move it as we need to okay but for now the 24th and um, I have a law motion calendar in the morning I can put this on the afternoon if you think we're going to be talking about enough things to make it appropriate to do that as opposed to putting you on a regular morning calendar
3: that would be fine, Your Honor. Let's Thank
0: do you. 1.30, okay? Let's, let's expect it's 1.30 on the 24th. And, again, that's easily moved. Nothing is put in cement here, okay? And we'll we'll all try to be flexible and, and deal as best we can with this. Um, so do, is, is it appropriate to set a final hearing on the 24th, or do we want to wait for some other responses?
3: I think that would be appropriate.
0: All right, opinion. let's do that. And, again, it can be moved. I mean, if, if, you, if you're in a discussion with somebody and the 24th doesn't work, let me know. Okay. okay. All right. Um, after that, I think we um, start having more complicated discussions. So, the first matter that the um, U.S. Trustee mentioned was the special noticing and confidentiality procedures. So, shall we take that up? Yes, Your Honor. Okay. Well, um, you had a look at the U.S. Trustee's objection. So why don't I let you first address that, and then we'll we'll sort of get into it in more detail. Okay?
3: Um, sure. That, that would be fine, Your Honor. Um, so I, I noted two points of, of partial objection to our noticing and confidentiality motion. Mm-hmm. Um, one, uh, I we, we discussed this with the U.S. Trustee before the hearing. Um, that well, actually,
0: can I can I jump in for a second? There's no dispute, but that until we come to a different conclusion, from your perspective, the the, the abuse survivors and the alleged perpetrators will not be named. Correct, your Honor. right? Now I know that Mr. Blumberg has a slightly different view about other people's filings, and we'll get to that in a second. But there, there's no question about that, and I have no problem with no. that at all. Okay, there's also no question that we shouldn't be violating HIPAA if we can avoid it. All right, I agree with that. Um, I think there's also no question about that minors should not be named. Correct. So those are all those are easy, right?
3: They should be, right? Okay.
0: Well, I I think they are. All right. Okay. So now with that you go ahead and pick it up.
3: So the so the last category of information that we seek yeah. to have redacted is employee personal contact information, not their names, yeah. but their home address, right. phone number, contact information. Right. right. And look, this this is this is a unique case and so I I think just just given the subject matter that we're dealing with, it, it, there's a benefit to keeping their personal well, contact? Well, in. tell
0: me what the evidence should be that this is that unique a case and that there's there's a real likelihood of some harm here. Well, or, I,
3: I... Sorry, I didn't want to No,
0: I mean, I, I, I know that you sort of say that, and I'm not saying that on some meta measure it isn't possibly true, but I mean, doesn't... I mean, isn't this something that most cases would tell me I should actually have some evidence about as opposed to speculation uh,
3: well I, I think that's probably true in okay. in all matters of court your honor I will say that this matter has... no there's some
0: things we can all agree on I think that and, you know the, the ethic Fair. here as you know is that we are supposed to be transparent for any number of reasons okay yes your honor so I, I want to take seriously what you're saying but what I think Mr. Blomberg is telling me is well this sounds like just a supposition so help me out here
3: Okay, um, happy to. So this matter has already generated considerable media coverage just in the 24 hours that it's been public, and obviously even before then, you know the, the clergy sex abuse crisis has been a matter of intense media scrutiny. And the concern by the debtor is that its accounts payable people and its HR people are going to get, you know, contacted and, you know, I don't want harassed is a strong word. It's probably an overused word. But if their information is public, people might be reaching out to them from the media for comment. People might people who are angry with the church. Well, wait, wait, might wait, be. wait, wait.
0: Would that, the fact that someone's reaching out to them for comment would be enough for me to enter that order?
3: It's not something that these people are typically used to. If it was me, or that if it was
0: that's an internal management issue. That's not a confidentiality issue, is it? Those are two different things.
3: Probably not, Your Honor. Okay. I, I think the compromise that we were going to suggest was that instead of listing their home addresses, we list their business address so that if anybody okay. wants to contact them, they get contacted. work. Okay.
0: Okay. Let me – okay. Thank you. All right, Mr. Blumberg, what do you think about that?
1: Your Honor, Jason Blumberg for the United States Trustee. The first I heard about the, the work address workaround, I guess, was maybe 25 minutes ago, so I haven't had a chance to check. With my client the u.s trustee to see if that would resolve her concerns okay so i guess i would just defer to the court on that
0: okay Okay. all right well let me let me give a couple thoughts here and i I, let me reiterate a couple things i um this is one of those situations where it is plausible that this could be a problem and it's a question of when i take plausibility to evidentiary because i don't have a whole lot of and now if for example in, let me just, in the Portland case, okay, for example, there had been instances of harassment. So I would certainly listen to that, because I would think that would be about the best evidence you could get that these kinds of things do happen. I'm not suggesting that they don't happen. I'm suggesting that in this matter is, and I'll just quote you, as in all matters, I should be looking for a good evidentiary basis for any rulings I make. So I, I am inclined to think that listing a business address is probably a pretty good compromise here. And let me just articulate that for the U.S. trustee. I'm not going to tell them they can't object, but my instinct is listing a business address instead of a home address is, is a not an appropriate um, compromise. I'm not sure why anybody would necessarily need the home address, the people who are working for or otherwise associated with the debtor. And if they otherwise can get a hold of them for something that has to do with the case, mm-hmm. that seems to me like probably not a bad resolution of this. So, Mr. Blumberg, you can, you can talk about it with your folks, and I'm happy to sort of hold on to this for a day or two and let you get back. And if we need to have a quick phone conference about this or other matters, we can do that on, on a very short-term basis. But my instinct is that's, that's not a bad compromise. Okay? Thank you, Your Honor. All right. Was there anything else about that motion that you wanted to chat with me about, about the confidentiality?
1: Your Honor, this is Jason Blumberg from the United States Trustee. Our other concern was not that the debtor be permitted to file the name of abuse survivors under seal, the names of those accused of abuse under seal. Our concern was that was that the court would require all other parties to do the same at this juncture of the case. We think that really is premature. And I would know from a practical perspective, when the United States Trustee appoints a committee on this case, she'll have to disclose the names and only the names. Of the committee members, which they will have to agree to to serve on the committee. So, the court enters the order at least as as contemplated right now. Mm-hmm. That could be problematic. So, we think that secondary request that this review bind not everyone else is premature.
0: Okay. Um, well, let me turn to the debtor and say, what, uh, without meaning to be, well, I mean, when's this going to come up? It's clearly going to come up in connection with the committee. And that's, there's nothing we can do about that, I suspect, unless you have a different idea. If you do, I'm all ears. I,
3: I don't, Your Honor. Okay. Committee membership is voluntary, and, and they know that if they join the committee, they're going to have to be public. Okay.
0: But when is this otherwise going to become an issue? Is it going to become an issue in the first month of the case?
3: Um, I, I, I believe it May, Your Honor. Okay. Um, there's you Give me a sense how. So um, I'll, I'll just take the, um, the creditor matrix. Okay, we have to list all of our creditors on a, on a creditor matrix. Right. And that, that's actually kind of one of the primary documents that would be subject to this order. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we've proposed is some protocol that would let certain parties have access to, to the names of not only um, um, sex abuse claimants but their accused. Both of whom are, to varying degrees, entitled to you know privacy under the California Constitution and mm-hmm. under the California you know rules of civil procedure, which I understand you know we're in bankruptcy court, obviously. But you know there well, are. Well, I
0: mean, I think we we try not to displace other areas of the law unless we need to. Yes, right? Your Honor. Wouldn't that be fair? Totally fair. Okay.
3: Um, so, so I, that that would be the first instance I could see it coming up. We also have to list our, you know, we have to list our schedules. We have to list all our creditors on our schedules. Okay. Um, um, but, that,
0: but that, that's you doing the listing, right? That's us. Cool. But that is, is that what you're objecting to, Mr. <clears throat> Blumberg? No,
1: so you.
0: are not. So you have no problem with any of that, right? That that's all perfectly okay. okay. All right. Okay. So so go ahead. I'm sorry. No so,
3: so then so then after that, when, once we get into the claims process, yeah. to the extent of, 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 of a sex abuse claimant. A uh, survivor is 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 you know making an accusation against somebody, a specific individual or against a specific entity that mm-hmm. was listed as a co-defendant in a state court action. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that under California law, um, subject to some exceptions I can get into, but under California law, those accused are also entitled to. To have their identities kept confidential, and so that's part of the reason we want okay. the obligation well, on us to be extended okay. to other parties.
0: Well, can I can I um, can I ask you a question? Yes. We're gonna maybe not today, but not too far into the case. We're gonna talk about things like how we're gonna do a meeting of creditors and what the claims process is gonna look like. I mean, that that is right in the middle of that discussion, isn't it? Yes, sir. Okay, so that's a conversation I think we can we can have in much greater depth and detail then is my instinct, right?
3: Uh, agreed, and to okay. be clear, we're just asking and, and we for we should, I think, by and, way. We absolutely should, and we, yeah. we need to, and it needs to be a multi-party conversation. Got it. We're just asking for interim relief okay. until until the court and the committee and other parties okay. have had a chance to Well, then, in.
0: you know, in that spirit, let me turn it back to Mr. Bloomberg and say, look, if this is going to have to be the product of a very thoughtful and very compassionate series of conversations, what would be the harm now in entering the order, on the theory that it could be revisited either on the exigencies of some bankruptcy requirements or whatever else, in two weeks, a month, two months. And I, will, I would keep an open mind about that. What's your reaction to that, Mr. Bloomberg? And I we'd be with you know, you'd be reserving your rights to argue in a month this isn't working or we should be doing something else or goodness <laughs> knows what. what. What's your reaction to that?
1: Your Honor, Jason Blumberg for the United States Trustee. United States Trustee. I, I don't know if there would be any harm, but on the other hand, we don't know if there's any document someone is seeking to file that would implicate this concern. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Our concern is that this is a first day hearing brought on approximately 24 hours notice. Yeah, I've had notice of this hearing, but I don't, I'm not sure a lot of other people have had the same amount of notice that I've had. Uh, bankruptcy is supposed to be a transparent process. Uh, This is a sensitive case, and I think before this kind of sweeping kind of relief is granted, I think it would behoove um, the court to have the input from a committee at the very least.
0: Well, would it be be better to enter the order provisionally today and let the committee tell me why it's a terrible idea or going too far or should be honed in some other way? Or would it be better not to do it today and to run the risk that somebody files something in the next two weeks, and at that point, there's really not much you can do about it. What do you think?
1: you right. Jason, Blurry. I understand it's hard to unring the bell once it's been rung. Yeah. I think there are remedies in the code to seal documents um,
0: that have been filed. Okay, so are you telling me that it, it would be, rather than have the sweeping order, shall we say, it would be better to allow parties to move to file something under seal if they're going to name somebody? Is that your thinking?
1: Absolutely, Your Honor. If, if a party wishes to seek the court's authorization to file a document under seal, okay. that's a process that we would
0: not oppose. All right. Mr. Lee, give me your reaction.
3: What, what if they don't wish to file seal? I know. Under I, I'm seal. thinking the same thing.
0: Okay. Um, all right. Look, I, I'm, I'm going to authorize – I'm going to grant the motion on a purely interim basis for two weeks on the express understanding – that if anybody does file something and appropriately does not name a party and we later determine that that was not the best practice or should be rethought, it can be reconsidered, depending on what the input of the committee is or anything else that I learn in two weeks or thereafter. Okay, I just think for now it's probably the better course to go ahead and safeguard that for everybody's goodwill and and. and you know, for the for the sake of some immediate consistency in the case. But I'm telling you right now, if either the committee or somebody else tells me in two weeks, no, we should be doing it differently, I'm going to consider that. And if that includes, you know, revealing identities and someone tells me that that's a good idea, so be it. Okay, but for now, we'll start with that protocol. All right?
3: Thank you, Your Honor. Can I just clarify? Sure. When you say for two weeks, do you mean through the final hearing is currently scheduled? Well,
0: I mean for two weeks, if we and we can change that. Okay, I'm assuming that we'll be having a conversation with a committee in about two weeks. Okay. All right. Now, now if it turns out that the committee is not ready, then then of course we'll take that into account. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Understood. Understood. All right. Any other concerns about the confidentiality? By the way, do you have any issues with the special noticing aspects of this?
1: Your Honor, Jason Blumberg for the United States Trustee, we do not have issues with that. It seems to be consistent with the special noticing provisions in the Santa Rosa diocese case. okay we, we think the special noticing provisions comply with the
0: all right the bankruptcy. All right well let me let me also grant that again on an interim basis in case the committee or someone like the committee tells me that there's another category we're not thinking of here we'll'll we'll, we can revisit that then okay? All right. Um, let me turn to the debtor and see if you would prefer to pause now and go ahead and give me your background, shape of the case, comments, or whether you'd, whether you'd rather go through a few more of the motions. Up to you.
3: Uh, I'm happy to give Mitsuyu some some airtime here. Let's do that. So okay. I think it would be helpful to the court to yeah. set the table for. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying I mean,
0: we're getting into a slightly different area here, so yeah, I think it's a good idea. Okay. Thank you, Your Honor. Okay.
2: Thanks, Your Honor, and Marie Yutz for the debtor. And I will say that we heard you um, with respect to your comments on the pre-petitions, 22 separate requests. We've already passed a note to our client and to our financial consultant to consider if any of those are a highest priority. And um, we may ask for a Well, break. I may help you with that. I'm sure <laughs> that you will. <laughs> um, so we may ask to, to to break just to speak with them for a minute before yeah. that motion's passed. Well, I
0: mean, and, and, and look, I, I hope you will not take it as a crushing defeat if I tell you let's take these up in a week or so of after course. people have had a chance to look at them. Right? I mean, this is a very iterative process, as I know. I mean, you all know that. People on the Zoom may not know that. They may think we're setting things in stone here we're not necessarily this is this is a very cooperative and iterative process okay um, i'm sorry sure. to interrupt you go ahead
2: and and your honor we're grateful for being heard on the short notice sure. it goes uh, sure. to your honor and to the united states trustee. Sure, sure sure um your honor i would like to spend just a few minutes giving you some background um mm-hmm. so that you can get to know the debtor in this case and mm-hmm. others um, in the public who are at the hearing mm-hmm. um I want to just briefly introduce, as I did, Paul Bongiovanni. He's with us in court today. He's the chief financial officer for the debtor. Um, We did file our voluntary petition for Chapter 11 relief yesterday. Um, Your Honor, the debtor um, has been under the leadership of Bishop Michael Barber for approximately the last 10 years, since 2013. Um, I want to make a statement so it's clear what our objective in this filing is. Mm -hmm. Um, We filed Chapter 11 because the debtor believes that the Chapter 11 filing is the best way to ensure a fair and equitable outcome for all survivors of clergy sex abuse and to provide just compensation to the innocent people who were harmed, while also allowing the diocese to stabilize its finance and continue its sacred mission entrusted to it by Christ and the Church. And we look forward to working toward that objective with the stakeholders in this Chapter 11 case and with this court. Um, by way of background, just to describe the diocese to your honor. Um,
0: by the way, I've read everything.
2: You have. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I'll highlight just a few things. No, I mean, I, I, no, don't take that as a, that, that's
0: not meant to suppress you, but I, I've read everything. <laughs> I, I owe you that and I, and I do it. Okay? Thank you, your Honor. Yeah, you're and welcome. I,
2: I think that some of these statements are important, even for those who are I, attending I know, by Zoom, I know. and that's the that's yeah. the audience that we're we're speaking to as well. Yeah. Um, the Diocese of Oakland was established in 1962 um, in uh, Northern California, and when I talk about the diocese in this case, I'm referring to the geographical footprint of the diocese. Mm-hmm. It spans roughly 1,467 square miles. It crosses two counties. Alameda and Contra Costa. Um, It's situated along the eastern shore of the San Francisco Bay. Um, Under canon law, Your Honor, each diocese is divided into distinct parts known as parishes. Um, These are ecclesiastical entities and they consist of communities of the faithful whose pastoral care is entrusted to a pastor whom the bishop appoints to serve and to which he is assigned each diocese and each parish within a diocese is a separate public juridic person under canon law. Um, The administration of property belonging to a juridic person under canon law pertains to its administrator, um, such as the the diocesan bishop over the property of a diocese. Um, Here, the diocese consists of 82 parishes and missions, 159 Diocesan priests serve the Diocese, which is the debtor. 160 religious priests. These are priests who are located within the geographic footprint of the Diocese, but who are not employed by the debtor. Um, There are 35 Extern priests within the Diocese, and 118 Permanent Deacons. The debtor estimates that it serves approximately 550,000 resident Catholics within the diocese, and in addition, assists approximately 260,000 people through its ministry and charitable services. The debtor provides resources, programming, spiritual leadership, and other services both to local Catholics as well as the East Bay community at large. This includes substantial support for the poor and minority communities. To carry out its Catholic mission, the debtor works closely with its 82 parish churches, which are within the diocese. The churches really play a central role in the lives of Catholics who live within the diocese, and they are responsible to administer key aspects of the Catholic faith, including the sacraments such as baptism, communion, confirmation marriage, and bereavement, including funeral support, last rites, and grief support. Your Honor, in this particular case none of the churches within the diocese are separately incorporated entities under California law. To the extent the bishop holds goods belonging to a parish, including, for example, real and personal property, he does so in trust for the benefit of the applicable church. Um, Your Honor, there are some non-debtor entities that we have identified in our first day motions and you'll be hearing more about those. I'm going to mention just a couple of them up front. These are um, entities with which the debtor is affiliated, but these are separately incorporated under California law and they are not debtors in this Chapter 11 case. For some of these non-debtor entities, the debtor provides certain administrative services There are certain shared services, and we'll be talking about that, no doubt, when we get to the cash management and other motions that are implicated by some of those services. Um, Among the non-debtor Catholic entities in this case that we will be talking about includes the Roman Catholic Welfare Corporation of Oakland. We refer to that shorthand as RCWC. RCWC Oversees thirty-two elementary schools and two high schools within the diocese. There is also an entity known as RCC, the Roman Catholic Cemetery, excuse me, cemeteries of the Diocese of Oakland. Um, that is another non debtor entity and one which happens to be our secured lender as well.
0: How much is that? Is the debt to the to the cemetery 20,
2: twenty-six million?
0: Okay, and is that um, you say it's it's a secured debt? So what's it secured by?
2: It's secured by certain real estate, Your Honor. There's not a blanket lien on cash, for example. Okay, Um, it's secured by specific pieces of real estate.
0: All right, and is it is it evidenced by a note?
2: It is, Your Honor.
0: Okay, is it It one note or several?
2: It's documented. I don't know. It's one note. Okay,
0: and is it does it provide for regular payments? Yes. All right. So is that on a monthly basis?
2: Believe so. Yes.
0: Okay. And is there an interest rate? Yes. Okay. Is there anybody else obligated on the note? I believe so. Nope. Okay. How much is that a month, just out of curiosity?
2: If I may ask, my CFO to Please. respond, Your Honor. Please. Yeah. Thank I'm, you. Just,
0: I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm just kind of curious. No Questions. Thank you. Um, maybe
2: 160,000. About 160,000. Okay.
0: My, and the the diocese is current on that. Yes. Okay. All right, thank you. Sorry for the interruption.
2: You're welcome. No, thank you. Please please do. Um, Your Honor, I want to talk a little bit about, just for a moment, about um, some of the safe environment um, protocol that the diocese has established. Um, the Office of Safe Environment has worked to improve the content of its trainings, and when online platforms became available, our former Bishop Cummins approved their use. In 2016, Bishop Barber moved that training program to an online platform provided by the National Catholic Risk Retention Group, known as Virtus, an international leader in abuse awareness training. The debtor now has local safe environment coordinators in each of the churches. RCWC, who I mentioned earlier, has placed local safe environment coordinators in every Catholic school within the diocese. So how did we get here? Um, Your Honor, we have um, uh, included within our filings a reference to AB 218, and I won't spend too much time on it except to say that the window, which was opened with the AB 218 legislation, closed at the end of December 2022. The diocese operated for some time, with some number of claims coming in, But really believing that it could resolve those claims individually it became very clear not only in late 2022 but indeed in early 23 because of the lag time associated with the state court process for those claims being filed and then eventually working their way through the clerk's office it became clear only in late 2022 and early 2023 that what we thought had been some smaller number of claims that we would be able to resolve individually and in a focused way were too numerous to resolve outside of a Chapter 11 case. Um, We now have approximately 336 claims, of which we are aware. Those are not all... Go ahead.
0: Um, Does that indicate that there are 336 claimants, or there are claims that might house more than one claimant?
2: Um, those are for the most part individual claimants, okay. so three hundred and thirty six of which we are aware.
0: Okay. But but again, there's a little bit of a lag there and it may be that it's a higher number.
2: It it could be higher, Your Honor. We continue okay. to still get the, the, the filings right. from the state court system and we're we're working to coordinate that. Suffice okay. it to say it's in excess of three hundred. Um and that number grew sharply in late twenty twenty two and mm-hmm. early twenty three thus bringing us to the Chapter 11 filing. Mm -hmm. Um, Our CBO has provided notice to its insurers um, and it became clear to us that we could not shoulder the burden of litigating that number of cases and or trying to resolve that number of cases on individual one-off basis. Um, So, Your Honor, that brings me back to our objective in this filing Mm -hmm. um, and our serious focus on a consensual plan of reorganization coming out of this Chapter 11. Um, I'll repeat because I think it's really important. Um, The debtor intends to pursue a plan of reorganization that will ensure a fair and equitable outcome for victim-survivors of sexual abuse. And as well, it will allow the debtor to stabilize its finances continue its mission to serve the needs of the faithful within the diocese catholics and non-catholics alike and continue to provide services to underserved people and groups in the east bay area Mm -hmm. Um, we are committed to this process we are committed to transparency with this court within the bankruptcy code and rules and this court's rulings and we look forward to the appointment of the creditors committee and being able to engage with it, because indeed, as we all know in bankruptcy um, speed is is at times a really good thing. Um, we want to work through this case and get to that consensual outcome.
0: Okay. Um, can I make a couple comments? please uh, Thank you for that and uh, thank you as well to to is it Mr. Moore? Yes. Um That was an exceptionally helpful declaration. Too often those just mimic what's in the first day motions about who ought to get paid what. But I found the background there um, extremely helpful, and I'm grateful to both of you. Having said that, let me make sure that for the benefit of anybody who might be listening in and um, isn't yet convinced of the wonderfulness of the bankruptcy world that I expect the debtor to – give me their view of the case at the outset. It's, it's part of their right at the opening hearings to tell me what they think the case is about. There are, they're alluding to issues that may be disputed on some basis as to um, how to think about the organization of the entity and the, and the affiliates. It may be that other people look at that differently than the debtor does, and if that becomes a dispute, I promise you I will resolve it if I need to. And I promise as well that I will listen to everybody who has a different view of this, whether it's the organizational question or property of the estate or the things that I'm sort of vaguely aware can come up in these cases. Um, I've never presided over a um, church case before. I look forward to it because I, I hope I can help you folks solve problems. But for those of you who are not here today and don't have a voice on the second day of the case, I want to assure you I'm going to listen to everybody. And I will keep an open mind and I will do my very best to hear everybody fairly and completely and acknowledge that there may be reasons why people who aren't named debtor may look at the world a little bit differently. And that's not meant to indicate how I'm going to go in any particular rulings, but it's terribly important at the outset that everybody understands how open a process this is. And I know the debtor believes that. Thank you for everything you said. And just want to make sure that everybody understands that this is a thoroughly transparent process and one that requires me to hear many constituencies. This is not like the typical litigation where A sues B about C. This is a lot more complicated. And those of you who do bankruptcy know that. But those of you who don't, I assure you, that we do our best to listen to everybody. And there may be issues where it's not just A against B, there may be 30 people who care deeply about something. And I promise you to do my best to listen to all of them. Okay? And it may, you know, I, I, I would just say philosophically, I'm sure you're well aware, and others may be well aware too, that as we think about the function of bankruptcy nationwide, there are questions about what bankruptcy courts ought to be doing. And if I am, if someone raises that with me, I will do my best to resolve it as I think the bankruptcy code tells me I should. And I will not get into it beyond that except to say that I'm aware of those issues. And if we have those questions, I will do my best to decide them as promptly as I can. All right. Is it, is this a good time for a break or do you want to get into a couple of the motions and tell me when you want a break? What do you, what do you prefer?
3: We can take a break now if you're
1: ready for a break, Your Honor.
3: Well, we
0: can... I, I am, but it, you tell me how to best use the time. If there's something that you would discuss with Mr. Bloomberg or somebody else or, or internally, if that would be helpful to you now, that's fine. If it's if there's a couple of things you want to get resolved before we get to that point, that's fine, too. It's up to you.
3: Uh, we can take a break now, Your Honor. Let's
0: do how long you want? Ten minutes. Ten minutes? Okay, come back at about 25, too. Thank okay, you. Thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Organizational question? And if you don't know yet, that's fine. When do you expect we're going to get schedules? And-
2: Recording in progress. Good to go, Your Honor. Yeah. I'm resisting the urge to stand, but I'm going to get used yeah. to it. you. No, it's a it's an urge I appreciate. <laughs> okay. We're going to time, we are planning to timely file those um, in two weeks from the filing date. We spoke with uh, Mr. Bloomberg about that. Okay. And we believe we'll be able to stick with that.
0: All right. Okay. Um, do you have? a preference as to where we start with the rest of the motions? I think
3: we should start with cash management, Your okay. Honor, um, since it was the subject of a U.S. trustee objection and I think might be the subject of a, a complete resolution. Um, okay. But I, um, I'll, I'll, I'll address each of the points and I'll invite Mr. Blumberg to, to say whether I was right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the objections that the United States trustee asserted to our cash management motion um, was our request for interim relief um, to be allowed to, on an interim basis pay any prepetition amounts owed on credit cards. The mm-hmm. credit card balance is zero at the moment. Um, there may be some accrued charges that accrued in the last week or so, but we would not we can defer seeking an order authorizing payment of any of those amounts until after the final hearing.
0: Okay, can I ask a question? Because I, um, I had seen a reference to about $25,000 and maybe that's a different issue in a different motion. Is it, is, is this one issue or is it several?
3: On the credit, the credit card card. only relates to cash management.
0: Okay, and Um, was I wrong to have seen a reference to $25,000? Oh,
3: yeah. You're you're right. Um, It was a provisional amount because we're not sure what's been accrued since we've last paid it off. I see. We can table that? We can table that, Your Honor. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Reserving our rights to continue to seek final relief on that point. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. And then uh, we also uh, offered to the United States Trustee to provide um, a balance on each of our accounts, uh, we'll get. We're happy to turn that information over to the United States trustee as soon as we can gather it. It will be on the schedules the balance on each of our bank accounts as mm-hmm. of the petition date. Mm-hmm. But we'll try and produce that to the U.S. trustee before.
0: Can I? Th- thank you. Can I pause and turn that into a question of the U.S. trustee? Yes, sir. Um, Mr. Bloomberg, can you help me out with whether your concern was whether the amount in any particular account for insurance purposes or something else?
1: Thank you. Jason Blumberg from the United States Trustee. Unless the accounts at the banks are designated as debtor possession accounts,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: then those accounts won't have the protections of the authorized depository agreements, which means then that the accounts will only be protected up to the extent of the FDIC insurance limits. Yeah. Because we don't know the balances in the accounts. We don't know whether FDIC insurance will protect the estate against the risk of loss.
0: Okay, can I, can I, um, subject to Mr. Lee probably saying the same thing, can I see if I can jump to a conclusion here? Um, This is something that's going to, it's just going to have to have more dialogue between the parties. (laughs) So I'm not going to enter any orders on that today. I take it, right?
3: On, well, on that specific issue. On that
0: issue. Okay. And well, I I, 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 let me break it down a bit, okay? To the extent it's, it is a request that, look, we have the following structure. We should keep the structure, putting aside whether it's new account or old account. Is that a question that that gives the U.S. trustee any particular concern?
1: Your Honor, Jason Blumberg for the United States trustee, it's, it's not the structure. That's it's what the I thought. And it's, and it's not whether it's new accounts or old accounts. As I understand it, there's 14 bank accounts. Right. All 14 of the accounts are unauthorized depository.
0: Well, I mean, except for the, I mean, the Schwab's a little bit different, right? We're going to talk about yes, that in a second. Okay. Yes, Your Honor. All right, so putting Schwab off to the side for a second?
1: Yes, no. putting Schwab off to the side, what we'd like to see is the debtor, uh, within a date certain, convert the accounts of the financial institutions to debtor possession accounts because that will trigger okay. the authorized depository protection. Have you talked about what
0: that date certain ought to be?
3: The U.S. trustee proposed within 15 days of the petition date. I don't have any reason to think that it can't be accomplished by then. Okay. The bank knows that or then debtor in possession. If
0: if I if if we all agree that's a good goal, what would I be doing today? I would be authorizing you to keep the accounts for today pending that transformation. I, I believe that's, that's correct. That's the idea. Honor. Okay. Does it, does it need to go beyond that?
3: Not not from the debtor's perspective. All right, Mr. Blumberg, Does that make
0: sense?
1: I think so, Your Honor. I think, though, the order should require the debtor to convert
0: the accounts within 15 days or at least use its best efforts to do so. Okay, but with that, that, that satisfies the concern that you have?
1: That's the primary concern, Your
0: Honor. Yes. Okay, well, that and disclosure of how much is in any particular account, right? Correct, Your Honor. All right, so you can, are we headed toward an order that I can approve today on an interim basis on that understanding, Mr. Bloomberg?
1: believe we are your honor because i think the other points that i raised in paragraphs 39 and 40 of my objection have been generally
0: resolved well go ahead and tell me what those are so we all know okay and then i'm going to have a question for you about the schwab account
1: sure your honor um you're right the the schwab account is the the outlier What, what
3: okay
0: we
1: had what we believe should be in the interim order is that the accounts that the debtor is permitted to keep open should be limited to the accounts identified in Exhibit D to the motion. Right. Right. Um, We are also requesting that the interim order prohibit the debtor from opening new accounts. Okay. Unless those accounts are debtor-possession accounts right, authorized depositories. I'm I'm assuming
0: that's not a problem, right? It It is not. not Okay, I didn't think so. Okay, yeah, go ahead.
1: And then finally, Your Honor, we are requesting that a provision in the order require the debtor to track all intercompany transactions.
0: Right. I'm sure the committee is going to want to weigh in on that. Well, they'll want something along the same lines, I'm guessing.
3: And and we do that anyway, Your Honor, so that's
0: not a problem. It's a matter of communicating it more than anything else, right? Correct. Okay, gotcha. All right. Thank you, Mr. Blumberg. Anything else?
1: I think that's it, but Can
0: I clarify something on the Schwab account? Yes, Your Honor. Um, and I'm, <laughs> it's one of those situations where I may know <laughs> too much in a sense. There was a different issue presented in Santa Rosa, and you may know that. In the Santa Rosa case, what I think Judge Novak was asked to decide was whether, and Mr. Bloomberg can talk about this too, was whether there was an issue with Santa Rosa um, keeping, for lack of a better word, securities, as, as investment securities, in a Schwab account or whether that was problematic for any number of reasons you can all imagine. My understanding of what Oakland is doing is quite different. That The Schwab account is more or less a convenience so that when something is donated, it goes into that account because how else are you going to hold the security? You're going to hold in the Schwab account, and it is relatively quickly disposed of.
3: Your understanding is correct, Your okay, Honor. Okay, and then
0: and then it's just, you know again subject to people arguing about what's really going on. It's gonna, the money goes where the donor suggests it goes, or some other there's some other protocol for it, right? That's the idea.
3: That, generally, yes. All right
0: does that does that happen within thirty days typically?
3: Oh yes, Your Honor.
0: All right then all right then that that answers my question, Mr. Blumer. Is there anything else about the Schwab account? Do you want some other information about it, or 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 is this a matter of of reporting, or is it something else?
1: Your Honor, with respect to the Schwab account, it's not an FDIC insured account.
0: Yeah. There's some risk of loss there. Right. What
1: we're requesting is that the funds, the cash, be swept from the account and directed to their intended purpose sooner than every 30 days.
0: Well, what would your suggestion be?
1: I think, uh, and I don't want to overstep my conversation with counsel, but I believe counsel suggested that every seven days
0: was possible. Okay. Is so- that... a sound practicable
3: what once a week would be fine um okay. every seven days you know there's like memorial day and july 4th and stuff in there so okay. I, I think it would just be once a week okay we would sweep the account it, ha- it does i will just point out for the court it has to be done manually because as as your question indicated your honor some of the funds are restricted and some are not and yeah. so depending on depending on what the donor intent is we can't just like send it all into one account um so
0: Well, the point, I think, from Mr. Blumberg's standpoint is the point is to get it out of the Schwab account.
1: Yes, you're
3: right. Where
0: it goes. I mean, subject to somebody telling me there's some issues with where it goes, and I'm not hearing that yet, and maybe I never will. But his issue is just I don't want it in an investment security in a Schwab account where it could lose value. That's all.
3: Un- un- understood. Okay. Um, to the extent after the after the securities are liquidated, they go into mm-hmm. a, an account, a deposit account at a Schwab-affiliated bank that is FDIC-insured. All
0: right. um,
3: but like, Does Mr. Blumberg
0: understand that? Did you understand I, that, Mr. Blumberg?
3: I'm not sure. It was in my motion, but it was a long motion. So. Yeah.
0: I'm not sure I understood it. So if, if I didn't, let's see if he did.
1: Your Honor, Jason Blumberg, and I say trust, trust. Yeah, I understand that the monetized stock goes into different accounts. I don't know exactly what accounts those are off the top of my head. Our perspective is that to the extent the funds are going to be deposited into a debtor account, it should go into a debtor and possession account and an authorized depository. If the debtor takes the position that these are not funds that belong to the estate and they go to a different account, well, then that should be tracked and then that might be an issue for a committee to look at, but not
0: necessarily for this motion. All right, makes sense. It makes can, sense. Can, I, can, can the order reflect that that's going to be done on a once a week basis? The
3: order will reflect that. Okay. Once a week, at least, the debtor will take any cash sitting in its Schwab or Schwab affiliated account okay. and put it in one of the accounts listed on Exhibit D to okay. the motion.
0: All right, and then I think the other aspect of this was, um, for how many of these accounts will there be? Will there be checks? Check stock. So like okay, but those will all within a certain period of time be designated as debtor in possession on the check stock, right?
3: Correct. We, okay. We, is we there an
0: agreement about how fast that ought to happen? Is that the same fifteen days?
3: I, I think in our motion we said that we expect it within thirty days. I know they've been ordered, so they may—I mean—they may show up later this week. Okay. Um,
0: Mr. Bloomberg, any issues there? Any concerns?
1: Here on no, no concerns.
0: All right. Well, then, is there anything else on your mind before I ask if anybody else wants to be heard on this?
1: No, Your Honor, right. I think
0: that covers our okay. concerns. Okay. All right. Well, I will just reiterate that not untypically, we had this hearing on a day's notice. Um, I think that from everything I can tell, the notice was what I would have expected in terms of who got notice and, you know, how, how detailed it was about what we expected to be doing today. So even though this is fairly quick, um, The order, I think, also provided, and I'll just reiterate, that under these circumstances, I'll let people raise objections at any time up to my disposition. So we've heard from the U.S. trustee. I'll ask now for the record if anybody else in the courtroom or on the Zoom participation wishes to raise any concerns or objections or oppositions to the cash management motion as modified by today's discussion. Okay, hearing nothing, that's approved, okay? Thank you, Your Honor. Mm-hmm. Okay, where to next?
3: Um, I think, uh, should we go to wages since that's the third and final motion that the U.S. trustee raised the written objection to? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um,
0: <coughs> By the way, what's what's the amount of the, the benefits allocation?
3: I have to look that up, Your Honor.
0: You might want to look. You might not want to look for your motion for that. Oh, in the code, your honor. Yeah.
3: You're talking about the priority cap under yeah. 507A5.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I think you got it right on the A4. I'm not so sure you got it right on A5, unless I misread your motion. It's a little bit. It's a little bit lower number.
3: So I have a hard copy code, Your Honor. I don't have uh, the latest and greatest in front of me. I've got twelve thousand eight
0: hundred and fifty. I've got thirteen six hundred and fifty. Okay. But the motion indicated it was the same fifteen one hundred and fifty as wages. That's that's just not the right oh, number. Okay. I don't think. Okay.
3: Well, I mean that was a typo. My my my. Fault. Well,
0: oh, there are typos. Sorry to misstate the law, Your Honor. Well, no. I mean I, I read these things. I, I okay. So you. let's be careful. <laughs> I believe you. Thank okay. You. Thank you.
3: Um. So uh, the, uh, one second, um, heeding your honor's point about there being a lot of items for which mm-hmm. payment of prepetition amounts accrued but unpaid are being requested, mm-hmm. um, there are a couple of things that the debtor is willing to Subject to its rights to seek final approval, uh, punt for purposes of interim approval of mm-hmm. the rest of the motion. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of these is uh, the health benefits for retired priests. Okay. Um, another is unpaid training for clergy. hmm And then another is housing mm-hmm. for priests. Okay. Um, we don't expect any amounts to come due on the interim period, so we're happy to to push those off to the final period. Okay. Maybe that none come due, f- um, you know, at that point mm-hmm. either, but. But for now, we, we don't need you to grant us relief on those points.
0: Okay. Can I turn it around? Yes, sir. Um, does the U.S. trustee have any issue with what I will just kind of generically call the 507A4 and A5 issues and and taxes associated therewith? Is there any reason why, putting aside for a moment, if we need to come back to the insider question, Putting that aside, does the U.S. trustee have a concern based on what you've read and what you may have learned as well by talking to debtors' counsel, with what I would call the wage priority amounts and the benefit employee priority amounts?
1: No, Your Honor, Jason Blumberg for the United States Trustee. We don't oppose payments of the priority claims related.
0: All right. Well, there was an intimation that some of this might be going to something. I mean, I don't know what the word insider means here, but there was an indication that some of these folks were quote insiders. Is that of any concern to you? Yes, Your Honor. Jason okay. i for the United
1: States trustee. All we right. We don't know who the insiders are, but in our view, because this is a first day motion, we think it would be appropriate to defer consideration of insider payments to a final hearing.
2: All
0: right. That's a... And that's about $17,000, I think, if I read it correctly?
3: Th- that's correct.
0: Anyway. All right, can we defer that for a further conversation with Mr. Blumberg and others?
3: Well, I can I can disclose who the insiders are right now. It's, okay. the, it's Bishop Barber, it's the Vicar General, it's the Chief Financial Officer, and it's the Chancellor. So it's the four top people at the diocese, and it's just their salary and benefits that okay. they would get every... Well, let me
0: ask Mr. Blumberg, is that, does that help you decide whether it's something to which you want to object, or do you want to have a couple weeks to talk about it?
1: Yeah, I think we stand on our objection for today, for the interim. Okay. For the final, that would be a different consideration, I believe.
0: All right. So you're not comfortable today waiving that objection?
1: That's correct, Honor. Okay.
0: All right. Any... It's the
1: payroll. Payroll. Yeah.
3: payroll. Yeah, that's the leadership of the diocese. It's the pay, it's their payroll. I
0: mean, mm-hmm. it's
3: it, it should be paid. And we, it,
0: treat, we we don't always look at it that way, do we? I I, I appreciate. We're not that. going to hear either. We're gonna we're gonna give people two weeks to talk about that. Okay. Okay, Your Honor. Thank you. All right. Beyond that, is there anything else that, if if we're approaching this from what will be paid as opposed to what won't be, is there anything else that you're suggesting should be paid today? Um. And by the way, you know everything else is just being deferred. I'm not making any judgments about this one way or the other. I'm I'm allowing Mr. Bloomberg to have some further thoughts, and the committee to come in and have some further thoughts, and tell me what they think. Okay.
3: I'll just rather than leave the chance that something's been addressed that I just missed as I was taking notes, Your mm-hmm. Honor. Um so referring to paragraph thirty-five of our motion, we've mm-hmm. got this table um that kind of lays out everything we're looking for. So the prepetition employee compensation um which includes payroll taxes and deductions um for two hundred and fifty-two thousand dollars, we'd be looking for approval of that on an interim basis. I guess subject to a reduction of seventeen thousand dollars for insiders,
0: mm-hmm.
3: um, which I understand is you've ordered that deferred. Yep. Um, prepetition business expenses of um, twenty-six thousand dollars. Again, that's a a number that we I think I think we pay payroll either at the end of this week or at the beginning of next week, and based on our historical understanding of expenses that get reimbursed to employees for things like you know buying food and. Um, travel reimbursements, that kind of thing. Um, we would, we we think it's about nine thousand dollars a month, but there's a bit of a lag time, so we would just ask for interim relief up to twenty six thousand. Okay, let me pause
0: there and see if the U.S. trustee has any comments on that. Okay.
3: Yes, Your
1: Honor. Your Honor, Your Honor Jason Blumberg for the United States Trustee. Uh, expenses is one of the categories that we oppose payment on yeah. an interim basis. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure it's entitled to priority. I'm not sure the debtor has done. Uh, a sufficient job of quantifying just what those expenses are. As the council just pointed out, the average appears to be 9000 but the debtor is seeking authority to pay 26000 So we do oppose payments on an interim basis for the expenses.
0: Well, how about, I mean, not to get old-fashioned old here, but how about doctrinally? I mean, do you have a concern with simply, you know, should one be paying expenses that are not wages and are not other benefits? I mean, I'll just suggest to you, I heard, I read an awful lot about Doctrine of Necessity, which for those of us in the ninth circuit, that is weak tea. Okay? It is just this is just not a circuit that has adopted that doctrine with the rigor of the second or third or others. So Mr. Blumberg, do you wanna do you have any comments about that? I'm not suggesting again that that on a final basis someone couldn't tell me why it was a good idea and appropriate in this case. But on the second day of the case, you know, doctrine of necessity is being stretched a bit here for my purposes.
1: Your Your Honor, Jason Blumberg for the United States Trustee. I I agree wholeheartedly. The BMW Enterprise case casts considerable doubt on the doctrine of necessity. The debtor has cited the Adams-Apple case, but as we pointed out in our objection...
0: That can be read in a much more limited way. Yes, Your Honor. Yeah, I understand. Okay. All right, well, let me ask you this. Assuming that, I think I have representation of counsel here, that on the 252, for any individual, it would all fall within the 507A4 amount right correct okay is there any problem with the 252 mr blumberg
1: your Your honor as long as it's within the priority amount no objection okay there is one other category i I probably should raise that i touched on my objection Mm -hmm. is that i think we would oppose on an interim basis any payments to anyone who's been accused of abuse there was a similar provision in the order in the santa rosa case i think there's been similar provisions in other cases around the country and we think that's a sensitive issue that parties interested interest should have the opportunity to consider on regular notice.
0: Well, let me ask you this. If I don't know how practically you're going to do that immediately, but I'll ask Mr. Lee that in a second. Would the same objection pertain to amounts on a go-forward basis?
1: Your Honor. I think on a go-forward basis, that's more of an ordinary course issue, 363B, and I think it's probably more of an issue for a committee to weigh in to deal with the debtor's business judgment. I think what we're dealing with here today are pre-petition amounts, which are, as Your Honor pointed out, are not usually paid in a bankruptcy case, at least not at the outset of the case. I think there's a higher standard that has to be satisfied, and these are payments that I think...
0: Uh, uh, Well, let me, okay, let me make sure we're talking about the same thing. The 252 is um, the kind of thing we do ordinarily indulge at the beginning of a case, isn't it? Yes, Your Honor. Okay, but, but so that's, I mean, putting aside the potential abuse angle, we would pay that in most cases, wouldn't we? Yes, Your Honor. So is your is your well. Let me then, then, then let me just make sure I'm understanding your point. Your point is that shouldn't happen here with respect to anybody who has been in. I don't even know what the right word is. Designated, named, whatever it is, as as somebody accused of an abusive act. Is that is that the idea?
1: Yes, Your Honor. For instance, well, in the Santa
0: Rosa case. No, I understand. But let me. But my point is, I mean, if that's pertinent here, why wouldn't it be pertinent? you know post why is it special that it's occurring in the pre-petition period it isn't right I mean you either pay it or you don't I mean I, right, I'm sorry I'm, I'm making a hash of this you suggested to me we should look at it differently on a go forward basis than on a pre petition basis and I'm guess I'm wondering why
1: yeah I, I probably misspoke, your honor I would say on a go forward basis I think that's an issue that the committee and creditors will May want to weigh in on. All right, the
0: issue can I before the court today? Hmm. I'm sorry. Aaron. No, you go ahead. You go. Ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say the issue before the court today is the payment of prepetition amounts. Okay. The courts ordinarily do approve the payment of prepetition wages to the extent they're entitled to priority, but it's still it's still in a form of extraordinary relief. And I would further note that Rule 6003b generally uh, prohibits the payment yeah. of those
0: amounts for the oh. first 21 days of a case. Okay. Well. You were about to cite to me the Santa Rosa case and others. Do you want to just go ahead and make your point about that?
1: The only point I would make, Your Honor, is the order in that case prohibited payments, I believe, to those that have been credibly accused. I think credibly accused is a is a term of art that um, uh, reflects that perhaps the diocese has, has identified someone as being subject of credible allegations. So there is a level of... Uh, agreement, at least in that case, with respect to who has been credibly accused or not.
0: Okay, this is somewhat sensitive, so let me turn to the debtor's counsel and ask whether... Um, well, is this making sense to you in terms of something that we would generally call a list? For example, a list of people who've been credibly accused of some acts?
3: I guess I, I'm not... Can I turn it over
0: to my Yeah, I mean, well, putting aside what I do with it, is there a list?
2: Your Honor, if I may, Anne Marie yeah. for the debtor. Uh-huh. Um, when we talk about what is a claim, who has been credibly accused, who is a defendant in a lawsuit that has worked its way through the state court requirements to become an actual case in the state court, these are, I, and I'm not meaning to, it's a, it's a very complicated question and answer. Let me.
0: Can I make it simple? Please. I, I'm, I am colloquially aware, which doesn't do any of us any good, but I am colloquially aware of a concept of a list that a diocese may create and maintain of individuals who have been, quote, credibly accused of abuse. Now, if there is such a list, there is. If there isn't, there isn't. So if the answer is there's no such list, then we have to figure out what we do about that. Is that. If that's the answer, that's the answer.
3: So what I, what I can say is there was a credibly accused list as yeah. of 2019, and okay. none of those people are still active, so they wouldn't be reflected. So this would be a null set. That's correct, Your Honor. All right, let
0: me turn to Mr. Blumberg and say, Mr. Blumberg, do you want to react to that? I mean, it, it, it may be something that simply has to be developed further once we have a committee and they make the kind of points that committees are inclined to make in these cases. I'm not sure, it's so, it doesn't sound like we can do much about it today. Mr. Blomberg, any, any thoughts from, from your end?
1: Your Honor, all I would say that if there's no one who's going to be paid who's on the credibly accused list from 2019, then I'm not sure if there's any harm in including a provision in the order that prohibits any payments anyone on the credibly
0: accused list. Okay. It doesn't sound like we're going to catch anybody with that tool. So
1: I, I, I think
3: that's right. I, I will say I, I don't agree with Mr. Blumberg's characterization of the Santa Rosa case. I think that argument was raised by the U.S. trustee in the Santa Rosa case, and Judge Novak said, look, I don't have, I don't have any way to determine whether anybody is credibly accused or otherwise accused today, so I'm not going to deny anybody their, their wages or benefits on the basis that somebody accused them of something, whether it's credible or not. I just can't make that determination. Um, now I, I don't. I haven't followed that case as closely. I'm sure as Mr. Blumberg. I've been preparing this case, well, but that's okay. my understanding of what Judge Novak said well, is that he rejected that from the proposed order.
0: All right. It doesn't sound like it practically may matter here. If and I'm going to I'm going to trust learned counsel that what they're telling me is to the extent there was such a list, it did not speak after 2019. There has been no update of any such list, so there is currently nothing. That would speak in the interim from 2019 to today. That would be any such credibly accused list. Is that fair? It's fair, Your Honor. All right. And the further representation is whoever was on that 2019 list is no longer associated with the diocese. Is that fair? It's fair, Your Honor. So it's fair to assume then that there is no way that the the, the, the set of people who could be affected by this is zero for today's purposes. We think so, Your Honor. All right. Then, then I will, I will. Um, I'm going to deem the objection moot. I'm not going to deny it. I'm going to deem it moot for today's purposes. Okay. If we, if, if, on further discussion or discovery or whatever, the committee takes a different view, I'm just letting everybody know that this is without prejudice to whatever a committee may argue to me in the future ought to be an appropriate way to go forward. Okay? Okay. All right. So I'm not going to reserve anything from the 252 on account of a credibly accused designation. All right? Okay. Okay. Um, the business expenses, I'm inclined to say that should wait for a committee. Okay, so that that can await final approval. All right.
3: May I ask a clarifying question about that, Runner? Sure. For mm-hmm. any business expenses accrued after the petition date that would be be an ordinary course payment to an employee submitting that expense are those authorized on an interim, ba- on no. An interim basis no we'll
0: take it up when we have a committee we can have a fuller discussion of it okay Thank by incurred, i think you mean incurred before but somehow the bill comes in after
3: or somebody who's out buying groceries right now for a homeless shelter um, no if it's a
0: post-petition that's a different kettle of fish for me okay if that's what you're trying to ask then um, let me just, let me just ask Mr. Bloomberg. Do you have a concern if, look, we're talking twenty-six thousand dollars here on a theoretically pre-petition basis, which which would cover any number of weeks possibly. If I'm being told this is a nine thousand dollar a month item, and someone is incurring a charge post-petition, Mr. Bloomberg, I don't have a problem with that. Do you, Your Honor? The only issue I have here is the pre-petition issue. That's it. Okay, makes sense. i right, Mr. Bloomberg. I spoke over you
1: sorry, Your Honor. Uh, no, Your Honor, I, I don't have, or I don't take issue with the post-petition charges. Yeah. I think the debtor probably makes a good argument that they're subject to ordinary course.
0: I, I thoroughly agree, okay? So it's only the pre-petition aspect of this, and we can talk about that again in two weeks or whenever we have the opportunity to talk about it. And, again, I'm not ruling out. I'm just suggesting that this takes a little bit more thought when we're talking about many categories of pre-petition expenses. All right, does that clarify things? Mr. Hi. Lee?
3: I, I believe so. so okay. Su- subject to what we've been discussing, I'd yeah. ask that the order be approved, or the motion be approved on an interim basis. Yes.
0: Okay, but not with respect to the pre- as in incurred prepetition expenses. Okay. Understood. Okay. And we'll take it up again. Okay. So what else is left that you'd want me to approve from from this category? Any? Well, let me just ask. I, I any away Any, from any the problem with the payroll plan? costs, Mr. Bloomberg?
1: Your Honor, we're not objecting to that. I'm
0: facts. not either. That's fine. Okay.
3: I, I thought you were reading the chart.
0: You're on well, it, I'm, so. I'm anticipating your next category, so go ahead and tell me.
3: Um, okay, so I guess, if, we're, if we've covered compensation, we've covered expenses, yes. The payroll costs. I assume you're referring to the item at the bottom, right before the, the ultimate total. Okay, so those are good. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the prepetition benefit obligations. Uh, we we mentioned that we would we would punt on any of the retirement. We'll talk
0: about those in two weeks or so. Right? Okay, okay, that's fine.
3: All, all of them, Your Honor. All, well, all, I mean, what, all of the benefit obligations.
0: Well, are you trying to suggest I should do something else on some of them today?
3: Well, so I mean. Workers' compensation is something that we're required to have, and so okay. I, I think there's there's certainly exigency to pay any workers' comp claims or premiums.
0: Okay, Mr. Bloomberg, have a problem with that?
1: No objection to the workers' compensation.
0: Then they include those. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Oh,
3: I'm sorry, Your Honor. I, I omitted um, unemployment obligations for 21000 and Salary Reduction Act for 8000 are both required to be paid. Um, so I would ask that those be approved on an interim Blumberg, basis. Mr. Bloomberg, any
0: problem with those?
1: Your Honor, I must confess I'm not exactly sure what those categories represent. Um, I guess so that I would come back to my, the tenor of my objection is that they're entitled to priority Oops or the related payroll taxes and the like, then we don't object. If they're not entitled to priority or not related payroll taxes, then we probably do
0: oppose it today. Okay. Can you clarify that?
3: Can I clarify that? Mm-hmm. I mean, our, our unemployment obligations are, sta- are are statutory, and we it's what we have to pay to people that have recently left our employment. Um, and then the Salary Reduction Act. I believe that's it. Yeah, I mean we, we have we have agreements with employees where they can they get benefits for deferring their compensation. And so we just want to make sure we honor we honor that that side of that agreement. Can that wait 2 weeks? I'm sorry, It's just getting some clarifying points. It's the, under Section 403B of the Internal Revenue Code, um, those are required payments.
0: We'll do it in two weeks, okay? Thank you. I want people to understand what this is. This is not a knock on you. It's just that this is an awful lot for people to absorb in a day. So we'll take it up in two weeks. Okay. Okay, thank you. take care of that list
3: believe that covers everything that we're requesting on an interim basis your honor
0: okay i think we're done with that let's turn the page what what's next
3: we can turn to the insurance motion.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And that is docket sixteen. I've got it in front of me. Okay, um, I, this this may be an easy one. No objection was asserted. Um, I will say that outside of workers' comp, um, I don't believe we need to make any insurance-related payments mm-hmm. um, within the next two weeks. There is one specific payment that i want to alert for your honor though that i would ask for the the debtor would ask for interim relief on the premium finance agreement um enables the debtor to spread out its insurance premium payments which otherwise would be a large lump sum amount and it's broken into 12 installments Uh, it's renewed annually they pay two hundred ninety thousand dollars a month um and the most recent payment was made, I believe, last Tuesday. Um, I believe it comes out the second of every month. The next one is due June second. Um, I'm anticipating, since we've scheduled the the hearing for for May 24th, which I, I want to come back to before we're before mm-hmm. we're done. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that if a committee gets appointed, say a day or two before then, or even five days before then, and that hearing needs to get pushed then we're coming up against the deadline for ma- making that premium finance agreement payment, and that would be that would be problematic for the debtor to miss that payment. So I, I guess aside from workers' comp and the premium finance agreement, um, we can table the request for interim relief on the rest of the insurance points, but we would ask for approval to make th- those payments on an interim basis.
0: Mr. Bloomberg, any thoughts?
1: Your Honor, Jason Blumberg for the United States trustee. I think we want the debtor to have proper insurance in place so we don't oppose this request.
0: Let me just ask you, uh, is this something you should be assuming under Section 365? Is this an executory contract or it's just a payment?
1: I
3: haven't given that much thought. I, I presume it is. I presume it is an executory contract. Why don't, you put have- it,
0: why don't you put it forward that way, and we can have a hearing in a week.
3: So file a motion to assume the yeah. premium financing. I mean, I'll tell
0: you what. I will. I will shorten time so that that may be heard on the twenty fourth, and I will hear it then. Okay, I promise you. It's a lot of money, and I think it might be an executory contract. And if anybody's going to think about something I'm not thinking of today, I'd like to have their input. All right. Don't take that as hostility. I just want to do this the right way. That's all. Okay.
3: Understood, Your Honor.
0: Okay, so we'll put that. We'll put that in a slightly different category.
3: Okay, so I, I guess in, in that case, you know, we would ask for interim approval to make any workers' comp. All workers
0: right, Mr. Bloomberg, any problems with that? With workers' complaints? No, all right, that's approved. No, okay. Okay.
3: I believe that leaves the Abuse Survivors Assistance mm-hmm. Motion. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I want to start by making clear what this motion is not. I'll, I'll note for the record that the U.S. trustee did not object to, to interim, the interim relief requested in this motion. I, I want to start by just saying what this motion is not. Mm-hmm. It's not requesting to make any payments on any claims it's not requesting leave to make any payments on account of settlement agreements. No court has ordered that I read, the, I read all that the debtor yeah. do these things mm-hmm. um, This is an important aspect of the debtor's ministry mm-hmm. related to the primary reason that the debtor's before you your mm-hmm. honor and mm-hmm. um, of all the you know of all the prepetition obligations that that it has outside of the you know stuff that it's required to maintain by law this is something that's very important to the debtor. Um, and the specifically being able to provide, continue to provide counseling for survivors of clergy abuse, um, and to be able to continue to maintain the safe environment that it has strived to create in its schools, in its churches, um, in the non-debtor Catholic entities, is something that's very important to the debtor. The money we're requesting is not significant um in the grand scheme of things um given the benefit that we think that this brings um to the east bay community um and the value it has to the to the diocese's ministry sorry to the debtor's ministry did we just lose the u.s trustee
0: we might have lost everybody on the zoom i don't know
3: might have timed out
0: there they are okay
3: okay um we're, we're requesting, we, we believe that on an interim basis, any outstanding pre-petition amounts that would come due before the final hearing would be about $33,500. Um, and then any, we believe the total universe of potential pre-petition amounts that would come due post-petition would be $67,000. Um, we're not asking for final relief of that $67,000 number. We're just asking for interim approval I, to
0: pay make a couple comments and ask you a question. Um, As I understood it, there are two big pieces of this, and one piece is supporting the programs that benefit the uh, abuse survivors. Another piece is your in-house training, is that right? Or have I got that wrong?
3: Well, yeah, the other piece is we call it safe environment. Right, but but
0: that's directed inward to educate folks who work at the diocese is that right or is it something else
3: it's it that it's that in part there's okay. also a there's a live scan fingerprinting of anybody who wants to come in and volunteer in the church so that you know in full criminal background checks that you know that those that gets expensive so and it's you know we want to be able to encourage mm-hmm. people to continue to do that mm-hmm. um and as a result we want to make sure you know we keep our our license agreement with virtus for example um you know any and, and just any amounts that that We've been that we're gonna get invoiced in the next week or so Mm -hmm. for stuff that happened in April or before the petition. Mm -hmm.
0: Mr. Bloomberg, you got a thought about this? I got a question or two.
1: Your Honor Jason Blumberg for the United States Trustee.
0: Oh gosh, you froze. (laughs)
1: Mr. Bloomberg? a claims that don't appear to be entitled to priority.
0: Okay, Mr. Bloomberg, you, you froze there. Can you go ahead and start your presentation again? Sorry.
1: Sure, sure. I've been having some technical difficulties. I apologize. Yeah. I, I was just going to say it's um, somewhat of a unique motion. Yeah. Our, our program, we thought about it long and hard mm-hmm. um, because the claims are not entitled to priority as far as we can tell. Yeah. On the other hand, the program seemed to be extremely important, particularly considering why we're here today. Mm -hmm. And so we decided not to object to the interim uh, approval of the motion, Your
0: Honor. Okay. Let me give you a thought or two from my perspective. Um, If we were to sort of look at this through the, what do we normally pay on a pre-petition basis? You could analogize part of this to the employees, right, fairly easily. If you're paying, for example, if you're compensating a counselor who's who's talked to a victim, they may not be an employee, but you'd think of it kind of the same way, wouldn't you, I'm guessing? Okay. I
3: mean, I don't think we have the same relationship with the counselors but, as but, we do But it's not,
0: it's not. I mean, I'll contrast that with maybe renting a hall. Correct. Okay. Okay. Um, To what extent can can you particularize these amounts? What I would, what I'm very comfortable with, I think, is paying anybody who's performed a service. Okay, that I think I'm going to just think of that the same way I think of it. I know they're not employees. I'm going to think of it that way. But if you've done something else that is, you know, kind of more fungible, shall we say, I'm not sure it's necessarily the same the same order of, of priority. So I don't know if you can break that out in any way.
3: Sorry, I have three people talking to me. <laughs> no, I, 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 I
0: sympathize. If, do, do you need a minute?
3: So, okay, so you're... Can you just repeat your question? I yeah, know. I mean, I
0: what I'm very sympathetic to, and, you know, we're just going to get there somehow, is if somebody's offered a service and has provided a benefit to an abuse survivor, that's the easiest one for me. Okay, that, yes. That's a yes, okay? Okay. Um, if you've internally incurred... I think I'm understanding that you may have internally incurred some expenses just because you... Uh, you go through a process of fingerprinting folks and doing other background things. Is that is that fair?
3: That's that's fair.
0: Okay. That that to me, you know, I'm inclined to try to find a way to say yes to that. But if there's anything that's more generic than that, you know, I, if you could wait two weeks, I think I'd be more comfortable. Okay. Does that make sense?
3: It, it, it makes sense. Let yeah. me give you a little more.
0: It may not be practical. Little... So tell me if it doesn't.
3: Well, I, I don't want to. I don't want to say it's impractical, Judge, but um,
0: I've, I've been called worse. <laughs> likewise. Um, yeah, I bet. So,
3: I mean, the renting the space for like the meetings that we're talking about are yeah. the spaces are neutral locations. Yeah, where. Survivors no, I'm sure, I'm can sure go that's and, important. People can go and, and sure. they, they can feel safe. Yeah, and you know they're they're carefully selected, and I don't yeah. know how readily available they are. Okay, yeah. and so. The, the the debtor is concerned that if it doesn't you know if it if it doesn't maintain that continuity that it's going to disrupt the very counseling that occurs there um and that would that would be unfortunate but you're right it's 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 a thing that you pay you know it's a thing that's being offered by a landlord yeah. it's different than it, it it's different than counselors but it it's very important to the program that's all i would say about that
0: Jeff. all right you know what i'm gonna just Bite my tongue and say yes. Okay. I mean, I do think there's a distinction there, but this is something that is very important to the church. It's even more important to the people who's whom you're benefiting by it. It's not that much money. Um, don't take this as a generic. I'm going to approve things just because you asked me to. But this one, you're going to learn that
3: lesson, Judge. <laughs>
0: okay. I'm, I'm, this one, I'm going to say yes to, and we'll take it up. We can take it up again in two weeks, and if Mr. Bloomberg or others say, look, there's part of this that just shouldn't be done, because it's a different kind of expense, it's without prejudice to anybody making any arguments they want in two weeks about the remainder. All right, but for today, you got it, all right? Thank you, Your Honor. And you're welcome. Okay, anything else for today?
3: Um, may I consult with yeah. co-counsel for second? Sure. second?
0: Mr. Bloomberg, do not lose heart. I'm hearing you, okay? Thank you, Your Honor. You bet. Yeah, we're going to, well, and apparently we're going to talk about the 24th, dude. That's, that's going to work. so a little secret, okay? Thanks. Okay. <coughs> if you folks need five minutes, I can come back. Would you Babe, like you that? Would that? That would be helpful? fine, Your Honor. Would that be helpful? Yes, please. All right, I'll see you, well, tell you what. Do you need 10? We'll Five. Take- we'll take 10. <laughs> okay. Very good. I'll see you in 10. Thanks. I take okay.
1: Recording in progress.
0: Let's do the substance.
1: Please come to order.
0: The court is back in session. Okay, everybody, have a seat. And um, before I forget, I think somebody wants to remind me that we may need to clarify the twenty-fourth is the next hearing date. Okay. All right. Now that I know, I won't forget it. Um, what's on your minds?
3: Okay. Um, if, if it please the court. May it please the court. I'd like to just revisit one aspect of your ruling. If you'll just indulge me on one one brief point, mm-hmm. um, and I I want to apologize to the court for not being better versed on this. It's been a busy few days. Um, the 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 payments owed to the employees under Section 403B of the Internal Revenue Code. It's the equivalent of a 401k payment that a for-profit entity would make. Well, we're a not-for-profit entity, so we have to make those payments under 403b. Their employee withholdings, I, I'm not, it may, we may have to withhold it on when payroll goes out on Monday. Um, it's the employee's money. Um, so I, I guess I would ask Your Honor to revisit that aspect of your I'm moment. not going to. Thank you. Okay.
0: Okay. Thank you, Your Honor. Now, I will hear from everybody. When everybody's had the chance to think about this in two weeks, I will promise you I will listen to everybody again and maybe thoroughly agree with you. Thank you, Your Honor. Okay. I mean, you have to, I know you appreciate that. It's not just what I read and absorb. It's partly that, but it's that we're here on 24 hours notice, gang. Okay? So there's some things that I'm going to simply default to. It's safer to wait a little bit. All right? Understood. Now, if there's a penalty that's going to be incurred in two weeks, tell me. I'm not sure there is, and we'll just deal. Okay?
3: It, it, it's it's just the employee's money that's we withholding, which wouldn't get paid into their 401k equivalent. That's, well, it may that's, well that's, influence.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. Onward and upward
3: yes your honor okay what's I next think, i think that does it for the first day motions unless i'm overlooking any i think
0: okay you- uh i'm not i think we're concluded as far as i can tell for that so logistically the yes. 24th
3: turn it to miss o- miss you
0: okay
2: thanks your honor and reeds for the debtor. we have had communication from some counsel for claimants um, regarding a conference which is scheduled in the state court proceedings for the 24th. Oh, okay, so that's a bad day. That is a okay. bad day and we respect what's, their request. What's a better day? Request. A great day would be the 23rd.
0: Sure, oh, wow. <laughs> hang on, let me talk to you. <laughs> the Honor's, keeper of the calendar here.
1: Your Honor's open on the 23rd all day.
0: I'm sorry?
2: Your Honor's open on the 23rd all right, all
0: the 23rd works. What What's you a good time, know. folks?
2: The same if we could, Your Honor.
0: 130, 1.30, sure, okay. All right, or thereabouts, okay. So thank the twenty, you. and you'll include that in a notice.
2: Yes, we will. Your okay,
0: Honor. all right. Anything else for today?
2: Not from us, Your Honor.
0: All right. And does anybody else? I, I don't know who's been listening in, other than Mr. Bloomberg. Um, I'm prepared to conclude the hearing, to thank the debtor for all the hard work they've done to get us to this point, to thank Mr. Bloomberg and the Office of the U.S. Trustee for the very hard work they've done. If anybody else at this point wants to. Express a thought or an opinion. I'm all ears. This will not be the last chance for people to do so, but it is the first get together. If anybody has a thought,
3: do you want to set a further objection deadline before the hearing on the 23rd?
0: Well, I'll, I'll, I'll do it this way. I'll say if anybody's going to write, do anything in writing, it should be noon the day before. Okay. Okay. Other than that, I mean, I will hear people orally as as I just do. Course, okay. Your honor. Okay. So you can put that in the notice. All right. Thank you, Your Honor. Okay. All right. I'm not hearing anything from anybody who might be assembled via Zoom. So anybody else in the courtroom have any comments, thoughts, observations, critiques? <laughs> no? Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Thank okay. Your Honor. See you on the twenty-third. By by the way, um, if if there is a development and there is some reason to come back before then, you know where I work. Thank you, your okay? Honor. Okay, and I, I I am one of those judges who um, very enthusiastically grabs the provisions of 105. I have status conferences at almost the drop of a hat. So if something comes up that's a problem, I'm going to tell you right now, don't, this isn't an order, but it's an indication that I will hear you guys on at least no more than 48 hours notice on a status conference basis if something comes up that you just didn't anticipate and we could, you think we can talk about meaningfully. All right. No. Thank you. Understood. Okay. And we can take up on the twenty fourth to whether you want to reserve particular dates and afternoons. For 23rd. I was at twenty third. <laughs> thank you. Okay. Um, we can take up other logistics issues there. All right. Understood. And uh, and just give that any thought that you think would be helpful, and we'll talk about it. Thank you. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay.